We meet today in Ecclesiastes chapter 6. We are looking at verse 1 to verse 12. Now this chapter which we have before us concludes Solomon's pursuit and enjoyment of wealth in search for satisfaction. When Solomon engaged himself in the pursuit of enjoyment of wealth, he was looking for satisfaction. We will find here the vanity of riches without power to enjoy them, you see. And of a large family, by the way, and long life. If you have a large family and long life, yet you are out of place, that is also vanity. The little advantage that a wise man has above a fool or one man above another will be considered as well. The vanity of restless desires, the frailty of men, and the emptiness and uncertainty of all his enjoyments are put in picture. Actually, if you like to give a little division to the section we are covering, you have verse 1 to verse 6 talking about the vanity of riches without power to enjoy them and of large families and long life. Then verse 7 to verse 8 is we see the, the little advantage that a wise man has above a fool or one man above another. And finally verse 9 to verse 12 is talking about the vanity of restless desires, the frailty of men and the emptiness and uncertainty of all his worldly enjoyments. First of all, let's talk about the vanity of riches without the power to enjoy them. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 1 to verse 6. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun, and it is common among men. A man to whom God has given riches and wealth and honor, so that he lacks nothing for himself of all he desires. Yet God does not give him power to eat of it, but a foreigner consumes it. This is vanity, and it is an evil affliction. If a man begets a hundred children and lives many years, so that the days of his years are many, but his soul is not satisfied with goodness, or indeed he has no burial. I say that a stillborn child is better than he, for it comes in vanity and departs in darkness, and its name is covered with darkness. Though it has not seen the sun or known anything, this has more rest than that man. Even if he lives a thousand years twice, but has not seen goodness. Do not all go to one place. You see, that is talking of the vanity of riches without the power to enjoy them, the vanity of a large family and a long life is being given in this particular passage. Let's look at some of the statements said in this passage in detail. There is an evil which I have seen under the sun. Again, this reminds us the perspective counseled by our preacher of wisdom. For one to enjoy the fruit of his toil in chapter 5 verse 18 to verse 20 is not embraced by many. The common lot of men is markedly different. 
They labor in the pursuit of wealth with such abandonment that they risk total failure in this life. The masses never rise above every so to say. Theirs is a grievous misery. For even though God allows them the acquisition of wealth and honor, he withholds from them the ability to enjoy their acquisitions. Surrounded by abundance, they are unable to enjoy even the smallest elements of the beauty that surrounds them. What a sad story. Their unrest is heightened as they view the evident satisfaction that others are able to derive from the fruits of their labors. And here we have that word, to eat. That phrase is used metaphorically here to mean to enjoy or to make use of. God not only gives all earthly blessings, but he also bestows the enjoyment of those blessings. And my friend, that is important to know. People who are preoccupied with making riches and going all the way, even forgetting God and not going to worship him on Sunday or any other day because you are in business. Remember that it is God who gives all earthly blessings. He too is the one who bestows the enjoyment of those blessings. If he will withhold the enjoyments of the blessings, you are as miserable, even more miserable than the person who has nothing. And so we are even told that a foreigner will come along and eat of your riches. The foreigner is not the legal heir here, is not the legal offspring or even necessarily a relative of the friend. Someone who comes from outside, you leave it to someone else who was not even connected to you in any way. A sad story of accumulating riches, yet denying the power to enjoy them, which only comes from God. In fact, this word foreigner usually is assigned to aliens, those of other nations. And the preacher here says an aborted fetus or a stillborn child, though it has no, no happiness nor experienced any suffering, is better off than the rich man who cannot even enjoy his wealth and possessions, who cannot even bestow them upon his posterity or leave them as a memorial to himself. They will be taken by foreigners, people of other nations, and forgotten would be your memory. You see, life apart from God, my friend, is empty. Riches apart from God is empty. The rich man can eat only three meals a day. He can sleep on only one bird at a time. And he cannot live longer than the poor man, no matter how many doctors he may have. And he takes nothing with him when he dies, when he departs. No. You see, there is a statement that has been said over and over again. There is no pocket in the shroud. You see, you go to the grave with no pocket to put your riches. Job was a rich man, and he said that he had come here with nothing, and he was going out the same way. It is rather empty to give one's life to the pursuit of that which does not bring happiness here and has no value even hereafter. Some people spend their lives in this kind of an emptiness. How many of us 
even go to the extent of having their lives be jeopardized to make riches, hoping that they will find happiness. It is God who gives sleep. You see, someone has said, money can buy you a house, but money cannot buy you security, so to say. Money can buy you a wife, but money cannot buy love. Money can buy you food, but money cannot buy appetite. Now, all those things which money cannot do, it is only God who gives. The pursuit of riches apart from God will mean God will be determined to subtract those things which money cannot do. Life is meaningless apart from God. Also, Long life has always been viewed as a token of good fortune. However, for these men whose souls are destitute of enjoyment, long life is a curse. Long life, according to Proverbs 6, 3 verse 16, 4 verse 10, and many children, by the way, According to Proverbs 17, verse 6, and Psalm 127, 3 to 5, 128, 3 to 4, they were considered great blessings. And proper burial was considered very important. And to be denied it was considered a great case. According to Jeremiah 16, verse 4. Now, these men have wealth. They have children and have long life, but they have not enjoyment. They have no enjoyment in life and no honor even in death. It would have been better for them if they had not been born, the wise preacher says here. As undesirable as an untimely birth is with its unattended obscurity, that is never acquiring a name, never seeing the sun and never knowing anything. Yet all the vexations of the poor in their vulnerable and wretched pursuit of wealth are spared such a person. Such a person has rest that unborn child and rest eternally eludes our miser. Though he lives a thousand years twice over, it is of no profit to him. For God has withheld the power of enjoyment from him, and in the end, his experience is the same as of that man born dead. Do not all go to one place. The last uh, phrase to consider. Now, this must be interpreted so as to fit the context. The sameness of one place, the sameness of the lot of all people, cannot be the outstanding thought. The nature of that place is under consideration only in that all have the same experience here. Whatever they may have failed to achieve during the span of their earthly existence cannot be retrieved in that one place. That one feature of that place is commonly considered. Considered, it is not a place for making up lost opportunities. That is not a place for making up lost opportunities. Prosperity is not necessarily good. Accumulation of wealth does not always result in the use of it. And that must be taken note of. Now we move on to the next section. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 6 verse 7 to verse 9. All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the soul is not satisfied. For what more has the wise man than the fool? What does the poor man have? Who knows how to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of desire. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. Now this section, my friend, speaks of another possible frustration. Man has to work to live, but has an insatiable appetite for more. Have you ever noticed how funny people are? You have a car today. The next day, you are wanting a better model. You have a suit today. The next day, you want to have more. You have seats in your living room. The next day, you want the ones that are more flamboyant, more luxurious. You see, there is an insatiable appetite for more in many kind. This is common to both wise and the foolish. Today, the business world contains many clever men who work hard because they are obsessed with piling up money, while on the other side, there are those who are ever elate for a quick profit, honest or dishonest. In between comes the average man. In between come the average man and woman, who, though poor in material things, have come to terms with life. They also work for their living, but they are content with what they have, without the wandering desire that tries to grasp the elusive wind. Oh, that must be the prayer for anyone who has known the Lord, that I may not be poor so that I may curse your name, that I may not be too rich so that I deny you. Efforts for satisfaction are often frustrated. The wise man has no advantage over the fool in this area, nor has the poor man an advantage in his inherently humble estate. Therefore, it is better to enjoy present possessions, the sight of the eyes, than the uncertainty of potential possessions, the wandering of the desire. You see, just use what you have, and there is wisdom. Plan to spend only what you have. Don't estimate, don't be wandering into the future because those things may never come your way. One should enjoy the present instead of continually craving for that which is ahead, out of reach and even uncertain. This is godly why, this is godly wisdom. It is beneficial to anyone who is so willing. Here is Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verse 10 to verse 12. Whatever one is, he has been named already. For it is known that he is man, and he cannot contend with him who is mightier than he. Since there are many things that increase vanity, how is man the better? For who knows what is good for man in life, all the days of his vain life, which he passes like a shadow? Who can tell a man what will happen after him under the sun?
Now, these verses are also very interesting. They emphasize one of the key notes of the book. Man is too limited in knowledge to explain the problems of life. Of course, you see that we have people who claim to have had sharp minds and they think that they can explain all the problems and the questions of life. But the word of God says we will not be able to do so. Questions like, who knows, occurs four times actually in this book. And the plain statement, man does not know, is used seven times. Will you contradict the word of God? Man does not know. Who knows? It emphasizes here that man will never know. Of course, man can know enough knowledge, and that knowledge should be enough to help him to rightly relate with his creator, his maker. But all the questions and the problems of life, even including the origin and the destiny of the world, that is actually beyond man. Only God can reveal those truths. And man will not know the best ways to be related to him. Only those whom the Son chooses to reveal the will of the Father will know. And you see, that takes revelation. It does not take work on our part. It does not take persper perspiration. Rather, revelation, talking of the grace of God being bestowed upon whom God has chosen to reveal his truth. These verses emphasize a distinct deficiency of knowledge. Man does not have knowledge. Whatever one is has been named already. You may think, oh, I have discovered something new. No, it has already been named. For it is known that he is a man, and he cannot contend with him who is mightier than he. You see, no one can contend with God. The teacher said that man should do the will of God by being content to take his daily life from God's hand. But is man really free to choose? Since God is supreme, he has surely predestined everything and has made man too weak to resist. Reasoning, complaining and arguing bring no answer and lead to further frustration. What value are categories such as good? Life is too short to worry about behavior. Even if moral standards have some bearing on the future, no one knows what the future will bring. Today, we too are challenged about the grounds of moral behavior. Do they depend on some remote God who has issued a code of uh, binding commands, so to say? How can one demonstrate what is right and what is wrong? Life is too short and the future so uncertain that surely we can be content with a permissive morality. Is that the way we would look at life? I don't think so, my friend. Many people today, Christians and non-Christian, know that this kind of argument propagated by a vociferous minority is not the true answer. They are puzzled, however, about how they should behave as members of a sick and suffering humanity. So, 
Solomon goes on to make a fresh approach in the next chapter. And that is what we are going to see. You see, there is no satisfaction in riches apart from God. There is no satisfaction in trying to name things or even creating a good name for yourself. Why? Because there is a God who is sovereign. So when Solomon makes a fresh approach, we want to see the next field that he will go into as he goes on with his road of making experiments, wanting to find satisfaction. The folly that he did was he was looking for satisfaction apart from God. And apart from God, you are bound to come to the permissive morality which many people have come to, which we all know now when we read God's word, that that is not the way to go. And my friend, look for satisfaction in the one who gives true satisfaction, the one who gives the appetite, the one who gives the strength, the one who gives peace, the one who gives sleep. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please send a WhatsApp message or SMS to plus two seven seven two six four one four four seven five. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. I'll repeat that number for you. It's country code two seven followed by 7264144475 from within south africa it's 0726414475